Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the Lord on high as we pick up in Psalm chapter 93, verse 5. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. Psalm 94, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth. Now, it's hard for us to remember that. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So often we try to take vengeance ourselves against the evil that is done to us. So often we say or hear said, I'll get even with him, as though it is our place to take vengeance. But Lord God, vengeance belongeth to thee. (laughs) But he says, now show yourself and take vengeance, Lord. Lift up thyself, thy judge of the earth. Render a reward to the proud. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things? And all of the workers of iniquity boast themselves. They break in pieces thy people, O Lord. They afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Somehow there is that kind of feeling with those who are guilty of unrighteousness that God doesn't see. No fear of the Lord in them. They do not realize that though they may get by with it here, someday they are going to answer for those things that they have done. Vengeance belongs to God, and God is going to come in judgment to bring vengeance upon the workers of iniquity. But what fools they are, thinking that God doesn't see or that God doesn't regard what they are doing. Understand, you brutish among the people, you fools. When will you be wise? When are you going to wise up? He that has created the ear, do you think he can't hear? The one that created your eye, you think he can't see? He that chastens the heathen, shall he not correct? He that teaches man knowledge, do you think he doesn't know? The Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are emptiness. Blessed is the man whom you chasten, O Lord, and teach him out of your law, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance, but judgment shall return unto the righteous, and the upright in heart shall follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord have been my help, my soul 
had almost dwelt in silence. I'd have been wiped out. When I said, my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frames mischief by the law? They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. So the psalm is out of a troubled heart because of the oppression of the wicked. But the acknowledgement that God is the God of vengeance and God will avenge and God will uphold the righteous, but those that have been guilty of wickedness shall be brought in judgment one day. O come and let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, he made it. His hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So the beautiful psalm encouraging us of singing unto the Lord, making a joyful noise of praise unto him, coming into his presence with thanksgiving. It's a beautiful psalm really of thanksgiving and making a joyful noise with praise for the greatness of God. Now, there is the warning for he is our God, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Now today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Here we are warned not to harden our heart against God or the work of God. The example that is given to us is the children of Israel in the wilderness. They had come to the border of the land that God had promised to them. They had come to Kadesh Barnea. They're on the border of entering into the land that God had promised to give to them. Now, God had made some marvelous promises. He said, I'll drive out the enemy from before you. I will go before thee and drive out your enemies. And every place you put your foot, I've given it to you for your inheritance. All these glorious promises. Moses said, well, let's send spies in that they might spy out the land, that we might know what kind of a land we're coming into. And so they picked from each tribe a man to go in and to spy out the territory. And when they returned, ten of the spies brought a discouraging report. The cities are 
big. The walls are high. The people that dwell in them are like giants. We were like grasshoppers before them. They'll eat us up. Joshua and Caleb brought back an encouraging report. They said, oh, sure, they're giants, but they're bread for us. Let's go in and eat them up. Their defenses have departed from them. Let's go in right now and take it. But the people were discouraged by the ten fellows who brought the evil report. And they began to murmur against the Lord and against Moses. And they said, let's choose a leader that will take us back to Egypt. You know, we were fools to follow Moses out here. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them because of their unbelief, failing to believe God that he would bring them into this land of rest and promise that he, that he had promised to give them. And because of their unbelief, they did not enter into the rest, but they wandered for 40 years there in the wilderness and perished in the wilderness experience. Now, these things all happened, Paul tells us, to them as an example for us. The whole history of Israel's deliverance out of Egypt and coming into the land of promise is known as typical history. That is, there are spiritual analogies to be drawn from it. And in the spiritual analogy, the land of Egypt represents the old life of bondage that we experienced in our life of sin. The promised land, coming into this promised land spiritually, represents that glorious life in the spirit that God wants you to know. That life of rest, resting in God. Now, between my conversion and entering into the fullness of the life and the Spirit, there is a wilderness that I must pass through. And there is a legitimate wilderness experience. As I am growing, as I am learning about God, as God is revealing His power to me, as I come to the bitter waters of Mara. And yet I see how God can turn the bitter water sweet. And I realize how God can take the bitter experiences of my life and bring sweetness out of them. As I'm learning to follow God with a pillar of fire and with a cloud, and I'm learning to just commit my life and trust God to lead me and guide me. Coming into this new relationship with God, into this new life and experience. But there is an illegitimate wilderness experience, too. God doesn't expect you to spend your whole life in a spiritual yo-yo. God wants to bring you into a full, rich, abundant life of the Spirit. God wants to bring you into His rest, that glorious rest that God has for His people, where you're not always worried, not always upset, not always fretting not filled with anxieties, but where you have that neat confidence and beautiful rest, well, the Lord's going to take care of it, you know. So the place is burning down. <laughs> God's got another place, you know. 
And, and, and that beautiful, neat rest that you just know it's in the Lord's hands. You know the Lord is taking care of it. He, he's proven himself to you. You're confident that God's got the whole thing under control. And hey, that is a glorious place to live where you just learn that even in tragedies, apparent tragedies, God's hand is working and God's going to bring out his perfect purpose and will. And it's going to be for the best. So the children of Israel perished in the wilderness, never entering into the promised land. Now, in Hebrews, this psalm is quoted, even as the scripture saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. Don't harden your heart against God, for in Hebrews it says, lest a promise having been given to us of entering into his rest, we should fail to come into it. There are many people today who are failing still through unbelief to enter into that rest that God has for you. Your Christian experience is still like a wilderness experience. You haven't really entered into that full rest in the Lord. But God wants you to enter into that rest. So let us beware lest a promise having been given to us of a place of rest that we would fail to enter into it. What a tragic thing when there is rest for us that we are so filled with turmoil and, and, and worry and anxiety when God has promised rest to you. So harden not your heart. Believe and trust God. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord and bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen and his wonders among all the people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be reverenced above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O you Families of the people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Reverence him, all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful in all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord, for he cometh. For he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Glorious Psalm, Psalm 96 encouraging us to the praising of the Lord, singing the praises unto him, declaring the glories of God and the wonders of his work. Because of the greatness of God, he is to be greatly praised. He is above all of the gods of the nations, the other gods that people follow after. So given to him 
the glory do his name worship him and then the anticipation of his coming for the Lord cometh we are looking now to that day when the Lord is going to come and he's going to come to judge the earth as you get into the 24th chapter of Matthew the disciples said Lord what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age and Jesus began to tell them the things to watch for and then as we get into chapter 25 as he is referring to his coming then shall the kingdom of heaven or then shall he when he comes again gather together the nations of the earth to judge them and he shall separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat and so the Lord's day of judgment that is coming referred to here and also at the end of Psalm 98. In fact, Psalm 96 and Psalm 98 are parallel ideas in these psalms. Psalm 97, the Lord reigneth. <laughs> in the previous psalm, it said, the Lord reigneth. Say among the heathen, the Lord reigneth. I think that this is something that we often forget in the adverse circumstances of life that God reigns. We used to have a dear saint of God in Huntington Beach that whenever I would get discouraged, she'd say, well, Charles, the Lord is still on the throne. And I'd say, thanks, I needed that. You know, sometimes I would forget that God was on the throne. I'd look at the things that were happening in the world around me and I'd see all the disasters and, and, and see how things were going so bad and all. And I'd start to get upset. She'd say, but Charles, the Lord is still on the throne. Oh, the Lord reigneth. How we need to remember that. God is reigning. Things are not out of control. He knows exactly what's going on. The Lord reigneth. That's really the only hope for the world today that God is reigning. He's on the throne. He's allowing it to go so far, but God has set the limits. He said, that's it. That's all the further you're going. He's reigning. The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice and the multitude of the isles be glad. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings enlightened the world. The earth saw and trembled. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. This is reference to Mount Sinai and the giving of the law. The heavens declare his righteousness and all the people see his glory. Confounded be all they that serve the graven images which boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all ye gods. Zion heard and was glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoiced because of thy judgments, O Lord. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth, thou art exalted far above all gods. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. Underline that and put emphatic marks around it. If you really love God, hate evil. 
Unfortunately, because of the iniquity of the earth today, we have developed sort of a toleration towards evil. And in some quarters, even an acceptance of evil, because evil is desiring to be accepted. It wants to make itself acceptable. But if you really love the Lord, then hate evil. Have no toleration for it. And certainly no place in your life. Ye that love the Lord, hate evil, for he preserveth the souls of his saints and delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Now, Psalm 98, as I said, parallels Psalms 96 in many things. Notice Psalm 96, so sing unto the Lord a new song. Psalm 98, sing unto the Lord a new song. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand, his holy arm, have gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 93 through 98 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and watch over you this week. May His hand be upon your life to strengthen you, to guide you. May He use you as His instrument to do His work. May God fill you with love and with understanding, compassion, the Spirit. May you walk in the Spirit and be led of the Spirit of God this week. Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question? You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. 
Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call The Word for Today at 800 272 